Welcome to On Your Left. I'm your host, Jackson Smith, and in this podcast, I'll be doing a deep dive into the latest and hopefully greatest Marvel films and shows and breaking them down for you, as well as showing how these stories will connect for future events to take place in the MCU. A little more about myself. I'm no movie critic. I'm just a 17-year-old who spends too much time looking at leaks and theories on Instagram and Reddit. Today, we'll be going over the latest cinematic installment in the MCU, Spider-Man No Way Home which premiered December 17th, 2021. In this episode, we'll be doing a breakdown of probably the most hyped-up Marvel movie that has ever been released and talking about what makes this film so good. Spoiler warning ahead. Spider-Man No Way Home is the third installment for Spider-Man in the MCU and was initially planned during the production of Spider-Man Homecoming, back in 2017. This is the 27th film in the MCU and was directed by John Watts and written by Chris McKenna and Eric Somers. Alongside Tom Holland, who is reprising his role as Peter Parker, he is joined by Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jacob Batalon, John Favreau, Jamie Foxx, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Benedict Wong, Tony Revolori, Marissa Tomei, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire. What a cast, right? Filming began in October 2020 and ran through March 2021 in both New York City and Atlanta. Many of the actors slash actresses in this film are reprising their roles from previous non-MCU Spider-Man films that were directed by Sam Raimi and Mark Webb, including past Spider-Man themselves. Before directing No Way Home, Watts had led the director for the past two Tom Holland movies, and it was announced that he was in charge of the Fantastic Four reboot that Marvel has confirmed for some time in the near future. Although there were rumors of Garfield and Maguire being in this film, both Marvel and Sony, along with the cast, tried to deny any of such theories that were flying around, even though from the start it was likely that they would, that we would be encountering the two. Ever since No Way Home was announced, I have been extremely excited. My expectations were so high from the start, and this movie sure did reach those expectations. No Way Home promised to introduce us to the multiverse, and now that it is set in stone, I can't wait to see how Marvel takes on this next chapter in the MCU. Following the events of Spider-Man Far From Home in 2019, we see the video recording of Quentin Beck revealing Spider-Man's identity to the entire world. Peter, along with MJ, Ned, and Aunt May, are interrogated by the DDC. The charges get dropped with the help of attorney Matt Murdock, also known as Daredevil. Unfortunately, this is all we see of Murdock, but hopefully even more in the future. Following the charges being dropped, the group is met with extremely negative publicity as some think Spider-Man is to blame for the events in Far From Home. The three then get rejected from their dream school at MIT due to recent events, and from there, Peter makes his way to the Sanctum Sanctorum to ask Doctor Strange for a little help. Strange says that there's a spell that would make everyone forget his identity, but in the process of doing so, Peter interrupts him as he asks for those who are close to him not to forget who he really is. 
The spell goes out of control, but yet Strange is able to contain it, and then Peter leaves. Peter then tracks down the MIT administrator to convince her to reconsider MJ and Ned's application, saying that they shouldn't have consequences just for being friends with him. While doing so, Peter is attacked by Otto Octavius from the Sam Raimi universe. While fighting Otto, he rips off a part of Peter's nanotech, which connects to Doc Ock's arms and gives Peter the ability to control him. We then hear a goblin's laugh, and any fan of Marvel will know this laugh from anywhere. That's right, Willem Dafoe. As Goblin is about to attack, Strange teleports Parker back to the Sanctum and locks Octavius in a cell next to Kirk Connors, a.k.a. the Lizard, from The Amazing Spider-Man. Strange tells them that before he was able to contain the spell, it corrupted and summoned those from other universes who know Spider-Man's identity. Strange orders Parker, MJ, and Ned to find and capture the others, and they track down Max Dillon, Electro, and Flint Marco, Sandman, both who were in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3. Osborn reclaims control of himself from his split-green goblin personality that we encountered in the original Spider-Man from 2002. He goes to a feast building where May tries to help him before Parker arrives to quote-unquote help him. While discussing their personal battles with Spider-Man, Osborne, Octavius, and Dylan realize that they were pulled from their universes just before they died. Strange figures out a way to reverse the spell and send the villains back to their original universes. Peter is conflicted and argues that they should first cure the villains' powers and insanity to prevent their deaths upon their return, but Strange doesn't agree. Parker steals the spell, traps Strange in the mirror dimension from Doctor Strange, takes his sling ring, and, with May, takes the villains to Happy Hogan's apartment in Queens. He cures Doc Ock by replacing the chip that gives him control over his tentacles, but Osborne's goblin persona takes control and convinces the other uncured villains to turn on the rest. As Dylan, Marco, and Connors escape, the goblin has a standoff between May and Park and Peter, and he swoops in on his glider and slices her in the stomach. Before she dies, May tells Parker, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. And this is an homage to the great Stan Lee, as these were his original lines for Uncle Ben in the very first comic issue for Spider-Man. Peter gives Ned the sling ring that he took from Strange, and Ned discovers that he can create portals using it, like Strange. He and MJ then try to use it to locate Peter, but instead they find alternate versions of Peter from the villains' universes who are also summoned by Strange's spell, and who are then nicknamed Peter 2 and Peter 3. The group finds this universe's Parker, nicknamed Peter 1, who is ready to give up and send the villains home as he knows he can't defeat them all. The alternate Parkers share stories of losing loved ones and encourage Peter 1 to fight in May's honor. And the three Peters develop cures for each of the villains. And this is actually one of my favorite scenes from the movie, especially when they talk about how they shoot their webs and how shocked Garfield is when McGuire says that his come right out of his wrists. The group lead Dylan, Marco, and Connors to the Statue of Liberty. 
Peter 1 and Peter 2 cure Marco and Connors while Octavius arrives to help cure Dylan. And Ned frees Strange from the mirror dimension with a portal. The goblin appears and unleashes the contained spell, which begins pulling more people in from other universes, which we see just as outlined figures. Strange attempts to hold on, hold them off while an arranged Peter, while an enraged Peter One tries to kill the goblin. Peter Two stops him, and Peter Three helps Peter One inject the goblin with his cure restoring Osborne's sanity. Peter One realizes that the only way to protect the multiverse is to erase himself from everyone's memory and request that Strange do so, while promising MJ and Ned that he will find them again. This spell is cast and everyone returns to their respective universes, including Eddie Brock, who we see just for a minute, but who leaves behind a little bit of the Venom symbiote. Two weeks later, Parker visits MJ and Ned to reintroduce himself, but decides it against it when he finds out that with no memory of his existence, they got into MIT. While mourning at May's grave, he has a conversation with Happy and is inspired to carry on making a new suit, which is freaking sick, returning to the original comic book Red and Blue and resuming his vigilantism protecting New York City. So how does No Way Home impact the future of the MCU? Even though we didn't get to see the Venom vs. Spider-Man crossover that many fans were anticipating, and personally I was really excited for, we can expect to see Venom in the near future, even if it's not with Eddie Brock as the host for the symbiote, as he was sent back to his own universe. This could change everything for the MCU and Spider-Man's future since we now have a whole new Venom. Spider-Man No Way Home exceeded my expectations to the point where I went back to the theater twice to rewatch it. I hardly ever rewatch movies at the theaters, but this is actually my favorite Marvel movie of all time and I can't wait till it is released to watch at home. I would give this movie a 10 out of 10 and I would highly recommend it if you haven't seen it yet. For this week's episode of On Your Left, I'm Jackson Smith.